In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Matthew 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain where he preached his sermon, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. It started with an itch. A little scratching here, then some raised skin, and some more intense itching, and then some burning. We put some herbs on it, put some honey especially right over it, went to bed. The next morning, it was worse. In fact, it had spread across my whole wrist and up half of my arm. And it didn't look good. It looked like this could be a problem. So my wife took me over to the priest, the, the nearest priest. And, and we showed him my arm and he examined it and he looked at it. Without touching it, of course, because we had no idea what the, what is going on. And he stroked his long, peppered beard and said, mm, We will need to quarantine you. I heard about this reading in the synagogue, how potential lepers would be examined by the priest and then put outside in a special quarantine place for seven days. Seven days! I mean, I don't have an iPhone to fiddle around on for seven days in isolation. I don't have a Game Boy system. (laughs) (laughs) So there I was, alone with my thoughts for seven days. No one allowed to come to me because I could be contaminated. (laughs) And all I could think about was what could happen. What if, what if, and the worst case scenarios came crashing down. But then I kept telling myself, no, no, no. I've had rashes before. They've gone away. This this is nothing, right? Some balm and honey will heal this? Well, I knew very soon that that was not the case. For by the third day of quarantine, I could see that the redness had now sunk beneath the skin. It was now something going on inside the skin. And I knew somehow that that wasn't good. At the end of seven days, the priest came, collected me and said, All right, let's see your arm. Mmm, ooh, 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 this is not good. It has spread, and it had definitely gotten uglier. From where I was scratching, now you could see some pus emanating. And it was, well, it was starting to stink a little bit. So the priest sent me into quarantine for another seven days. 
And I thought, well, there's hope. There's hope. Maybe it will heal. I kept on applying honey, but soon I ran out of honey. And I could tell it was not making it better. At the end of those seven days, the priest looked at me and said, looked at my wife, looked at me and said, I'm so sorry. It's leprosy. There's nothing we can do for you. And at the words leprosy, everything in my life, it's like a curtain just came down and cut it all off with that word leprosy. (sighs) I looked at what was going on with my arm. This rash, this whiteness, this redness, this pussing. And all I could see in it was the enemy, which was cutting me off from the Sabbath meals with my wife and my parents. No longer would we spend Friday evenings breaking bread together. No longer would I feel the touch of her hand as she received the loaf from my hand. No longer would we sip that wine together or dip that bread into the oil into one shared bowl. There was no sharing anymore for me. There was no communal table, no Sabbath meal for me anymore. I, I saw I saw all of this that was going on with my skin and this leprosy was now the death of my synagogue worship. I would never hear the readings of the prophets or the law again. I would never hear the prayers and the benedictions chanted by the Pharisees. I would never hear this anymore. Or the benediction at the end. These were gone. These would only be memories that I would have to have to haunt me every day that I knew it was a Sabbath. I knew where I wasn't. This leprosy was also the death to my humanity. For no longer would I be treated as an equal by others, but I now knew that I would have to cover the face. My face was now going to be masked from other people. I was a non-entity, a non-person. And everywhere I go, because I'd seen them before, I would have to pull my robes in and keep my mouth covered as I yelled, unclean, unclean, unclean. And I would see the parting of the new Red Sea. People moving out of my way. This is what I knew awaited me. And as I sat on the hill with the few other lepers whom we have gathered together around, I sat there thinking about all the things I lost. Because right now, I noticed over in the valley, there was a congregation of people, a mass I'd never seen gathered in the valley before. And up on a hill, One figure with a booming, majestic voice, surrounded by a dozen or so others. And I I could make out just occasionally words. Blessed, mercy, Father in heaven. I knew something special was going on there. And all I could do is sit on the opposite hill far away and think, what would happen? Just what would happen if I wandered on down there? I almost laughed at thinking how the people would just scatter and how inappropriate that would be to interrupt the teacher. Apparently some important rabbi. It must be some big rabbi going around because I'd never seen so many people listen to a single rabbi before. I uh, have developed in my feet. It's all spread everywhere now. And in my feet, I, I've noticed that my toes are getting shorter little by little. The skin kind of just gets rubbed off because I, I don't know what I'm doing with my feet. Clumsy. I don't always feel everything. And, and, and the sensation underneath my feet 
is it's it's like it's like both like numbing on the ends of my toes, but like in the feet, it feels like. Have you ever had like a pebble in your sandal, and you just can't? Well, I guess you guys wear like shoes and stuff, but you know, you've ever had that pebble in your shoe, and yeah. Or, or the feeling that your socks are bunched up at the end of your shoe, and you just desperately want to pull that back up. Well, in my sandals, it felt like there's gravel eternally embedded between the leather and my feet. And as much as I would look, there was nothing there, but it felt like there was just an eternal gravel that my feet were walking over. And even as I slept, I would just feel, it felt like little rocks were embedded in my feet, and I just wanted to just get them free. But as I listened to the teacher out there, I could see, yep, toes do look smaller than they used to be. And then, and then there was a stir among those people, and I saw the teacher come down the mountain, and as he passed through the crowds, rather than everybody parting from him, they seemed to be pressing in toward him. And rather than seeing him as something unclean, it seemed that people were grabbing onto his robes in hopes for, I don't know, a blessing or some kind of magic to happen. I don't know. But he started coming, and he was coming toward my end of the ridge. And I had a crazy thought that just burst into my head. What if I went to him? He seems really important. I had this, this, this urge to go and just see what would happen if I simply called out to him. So I gingerly hobbled down my hill. And I got, I got, I got my, my hood ready to mask my face so that no one would identify me. And I hobbled over and I waited because he was coming right my way. But oh my goodness, as he was coming nearer, I had this battle within me. Courage. I need courage. I need courage because I have never dared approach someone. I always retreat from people. You know, you can train your body to react in certain ways over and over and over through habit. So many times you see people just curl their robes away from you and lift their wrinkled nose up at you that you've just learned to just avoid people. Give them the decency to say, don't worry about it. I'll go the other way. I had to force myself to stay where I was as he approached. It is my habit to retreat and hide. But then here he came. And I heard people murmuring and calling out to him. And I heard words like Messiah. And I heard words like Lord. And I got hope. Is this the Messiah? Because it was said that the Messiah would be the healer of lepers. No one healed lepers, but the Messiah would. Maybe he is. And so here he came. He was only yards away from me. And, and I found the courage. I just pushed myself a couple hobbling steps forward. And then so that nothing bad could happen, I just threw myself down on the ground. I knew that he deserved at least that. Because, I mean, why? Why would he? Why would he condescend to my level and risk impurity by being near me? So I just threw myself down on the ground, face in the gravel, and just waited And I heard a murmur in the crowd, and I heard the crunching of the gravel under his feet as he stopped some paces in front of me. And then I just, I made my desperate plea, Lord, if you will, make me clean. 
Of course, if you will. Because why would he? But do you know, I almost didn't say it right. Do you know how many times my tongue has been trained to say unclean? I nearly cried out, Lord, if you will, you can make me unclean. And I almost stumbled and stuttered, but through some work, some energy, some power within me, I did not know the words clean came out of my mouth. I had forgotten how to say that. And it felt so strange to say the word clean. I didn't hear anything except, of course, a lot of disdain and murmuring and, how dare he? No way he wouldn't dare. And the next thing I heard was the crunch of one step toward me. And then I didn't hear anything. Instead, I felt something. I felt a hand on my shoulder. I cannot tell you the last time I felt the warmth of human flesh in contact with my body. The energy that surged in that single touch revived me. I suddenly felt embodied. I couldn't ex- I could never explain it before, but once I felt that touch, I felt embodied because for years now I realized I'd been living as a disembodied person. I've been living as a reject, an isolated, no good for nothing scum. And when you're not touched year after year after year after year after year, you begin to forget that you are visible in the world other than something that's disregarded and hated, but that I'm visible as a human, as bodied. And with that touch, I swear, I felt healed. And if I remember right, it was at that moment that my feet, my feet, I could feel the toes pressing into the gravel. And it was real gravel. It wasn't this weird phantom gravel that was constantly biting into my heel and my soul. And and, and that seemed to go away. And, and, And I dared to look as I was bent down, face on the ground. I dared to look a little bit toward my feet. And do they look bigger to me? Do they? And after that touch, then I heard words which seemed to thunder like from the heavens itself and yet gentle enough that not even a flame would flicker before the voice. I will be clean. And I doubted for a minute. I wanted you to heal me. But then I remembered, wait, no, I did ask him to make me clean. And then I marveled as I began to stand up. He said, be clean, be clean. I feel healed. And I looked at my arms and my hands and they looked, they looked like newborn skin. They were fret. It was like I was made new. And yet while being healed, he didn't mention anything about being healed. He said, be clean. This meant 
I'm allowed to be in the land of the living. That veil of death called leprosy was now lifted. And I was now no longer unclean, but I was clean. I was not just healed physically, but I was healed psychologically. I was healed socially. Be clean? You want to be clean? Who is this? And as I looked at him, I barely heard what he was saying because the love in his eyes and the compassion, I felt like I was drowning in an ocean of love. And I remember something about go see the priest. And I remember, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a thing. I I don't even remember, like no one talks about this. Um, I forgot, I remember later because people told me, I forgot that he said go and tell no one but see the priest. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I went to see the priest and I told him. And 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 as I as I knocked to see the priest, he said, "Yes." He clearly didn't recognize me. He'd forgotten me. I was I was I was counted dead. I, I I'm clean. What do you mean? I I I I was the leper. You were a leper? Let me see you. And he examined my skin, of course, not touching. This is phenomenal. And he had to go and get the scriptures to find out what he was supposed to do. And everything that happened next was such a flurry in my egg, in my elation. I can't even tell exactly what happened. He said something about go and get your family and see if they can get you some, uh, I think two birds, he said, and maybe another animal. I don't remember, but they got them. My wife was weeping, weeping. I looked younger than her all of a sudden <laughs> because I was made new. And, and she was weeping for that, but she was weeping to see me. And she's like, it's not there, but I am amazed you're back. And and we went back to the priest. I remember something about like a vessel with water, and one bird was like his head was wrung off, and the blood was dumped in the water. I remember thinking, whoa. And then another bird was taken and dipped into the water with the blood. And I remember thinking, wow. And then that one was let free. And I thought, I feel like that bird. I want to fly all the places I want to go right now. And then the next thing I remember is that from somewhere there was blood and oil. And the priest took blood. And he touched me. He put the blood on my earlobe. And the warmth of that once living creature pressing into my now living skin, it was like the blood was giving, it was like saying, you now have life. You're now re-infused. And, and the oil that came next, wow. And I remembered, I, all the years ago I heard, I heard chanted in the synagogue that beautiful psalm about God giving wine to gladden the heart of man and oil to make his face shine. And I couldn't believe that, wow, here is oil to make my skin shine again as it was put on my lobe, my thumb, my toe, my toe, my toe felt good things again. It was amazing. So in my eagerness now to go and and revisit life, I had to follow where everyone was going. Where is this rabbi, this, I dare say, Messiah, this Lord? Where is he? So I followed, I followed the, 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 the news up to Capernaum. And there at Capernaum, there was a buzz. I entered the city and there's a buzz. 
It wasn't about me. No one remembers a leper. There's like, whoa, who are you? Never seen you before. It was like I was just newborn. Like, like I was given a new infusion of blood from that sacrifice. I'm new. And I entered the city and I heard this buzz though. Everyone was buzzing out. Can you believe it? A centurion. How dare he heal a centurion son? And others marveled like, but he didn't even touch the centurion. Remember that leper? He touched him. This one, he just said the word and he was healed. And I thought, this guy's doing it again. I've got to find this man. And then, and then, um, as I asked around, we all figured out where he went. He went into this house, the house of a guy named Peter, who was some fisherman. Um, they thought lepers stank. Oh, my goodness. Smelling the shore of the sea. Golly, that had one stench for sure. And Jesus was apparently in the house doing another healing. And we all waited outside the door. We wanted to hear from the master. And it dawned on me, wait, why not just have everyone who's in my condition come to him. And so I, in my lunacy, my ex- my ecstasy, I ran around Capernaum and said, the Messiah is here and he can heal you. And demon-possessed people looked up from their puking bags and said, and, and, and others that had maimed body parts and people that couldn't see the blind, they all started coming to me. What do you mean? Who is he? Where is he? I said, come this way. And it turned out that as I'm telling them, they're telling others and word spread. And soon there was a mass of us invalids just around Peter's house. And Peter, I think it was Peter because he looked like a youngish dude and it wasn't the Messiah. And he poked his head out and he said, oh, good golly. And he shut the door real fast. He was terrified that we were besieging his house. And then finally, as the sun was beginning to set, about the time that the evening prayers in the temple would have begun, um, that guy, the Messiah, he came out. And one by one, he just started visiting each person on their own. And as I saw people healed or released from demons, I continued to grow with new life. I was so excited to see them going through what I was going through and it was spreading. And this went on well into the night. And at some part, at some point, he finally had to say, I'll see you guys tomorrow. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And he departed for bed. Sleep? How can I possibly sleep? I just want to keep go- telling people, go and see the one who can heal you. Body, soul, and spirit. All of you will be made new. And this is the story I wanted to tell you because I realized in reflecting on what he had done for me, he condescended to my need. He was on a mountain preaching the law of God to his people, the words of inspiration. And he came all the way down that mountain to me, a lowly leper on his face. Jesus came all the way down and touched humanity. And humanity was healed. He can come all the way down to the deepest and most unclean and most numbed and dead and ruthless parts of us. I say ruthless, the parts that sin has made ruthlessly attacked, I mean. He can come all the way down and touch that and it will never be the same. It started with an itch. The passions simply start as an itch. 
I just want to tell that person off. I just want a little bit more. I just, whether food or stuff, they don't deserve getting what they need. I'll hoard it for myself. Or I just want to fantasize what it'd be like to be in a bigger house or a better car or a better spouse. Or I wonder what those images look like. Or I just want to wallow in my self-pity for a bit. Or I just want others to think well of me, so I'm just going to change how I present myself a little bit or the stories I tell. Or I think I can do this on my own. All these passions, they just start as a little itch, just something I just want to scratch that a little bit and I'll be satisfied. No. We scratch at that urge and it spreads and it gradually takes us over and it kills us until the only thing we have left is to prostrate ourselves before the Lord, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Most High, and beg for him to touch us and make us clean. And that's the good news, brothers and sisters. He has. He has condescended and touched humanity. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to ages of ages. Amen.